0: Welcome to the CSL Olympia podcast. In this episode, you will hear an opening prayer, followed by a talk. You can learn more about us at our website, cslolympia.org. Blessings. So, right now, let's just be right here. Blessings, blessings. Ah, step into the beauty of prayer with me. I invite you to relax and celebrate this moment. As we come together, as we connect, infinite joy, inspiration, delight, and celebration unfold as each one of us. Sweet, sweet spirit, infinite presence, source of all that is, abounding with joy, delight, celebration, inspiration, and more. I wake up to birds happily chirping at my window. As I walk around the neighborhood, The brightly colored flowers wave hello. When I see my friends, I celebrate the moment. Yes, all that is, is divine essence expressing. In my mind's eye, I look around. I take in the wonder of the earth, of nature, my home. Each of us spins in infinity each of us channeling source, infinite possibility, each of us as a drop of water in an infinite ocean. I know I'm one with divine mind and one with all that is. I see delight and love. I see my soul and my spirit rise. I see ripening of life. The universe opens up for each of us as we step through into greater joy, into fun and celebration. Ah. Hearts, souls, and arms, celebrating community. We are co-creators of our experiences. We are all connected. Yes. I accept all this as natural, nature expressing. In deep, deep, deep reverence, I accept and know that all of God's good shows up in each of us, as us. I allow, I accept, I receive more and more of God's good. The words spoken today inspire. The music is joy. Our community is rich with love and delight. I am so, so energetic, and reverberating with gratitude for our coming together. Each of us manifesting possibility come to life, opening up as channels of divine good. I release this into spiritual law, which expresses naturally, and I let go, and together we affirm, and so it is. So now we go into a deep silence. Brent will bring us back with his music.
1: Our talk today, coincidentally, is the water of life. Ah, We're spending this whole year contemplating the idea of living everyday wonder. And I invite you to just do a check in. How are you doing with that? You know, we've been at this for about eight months, you know, and are you approaching life with a greater sense of wonder and curiosity and playfulness? And if not, this is just a little nudge, just a little nudge. to remember to approach the, your life with wonder, with wonder, excuse me, and with curiosity and with openness and with flow. So, this month we're looking the whole month at nature, and today we're looking at water. And <laughs> there's an official talk for today, um, and it reminds us of the importance of water on the planet, and that the surface of the earth is 71% water, and humans are six, about 60% water and it encourages us to go to care for the water of the earth which is a message i expect we all understand we're all aware of ah, the condition of water on the earth and so being more mindful about that process using better healthier techniques um, in our handling of water in our interaction with water and of the things that end up sometimes floating in the water like all of those little individual plastic water bottles and to stop doing that kind of stuff this talk also the official talk also talks a bit about uh, Dr Emoto's experiments with the effect of positive thoughts on water which have I hate to say it but been largely debunked um because scientists can't replicate what he's uh saying is happening And coupled with the fact that Emoto's medical degree, unfortunately, came out of a a degree mill in India, where you just pay some money and you get a doctor's degree. Kind of like one of those places where you can pay 50 bucks and become a minister, which is a lot different than me. I had to pay 100 bucks to become a minister. No, I'm just teasing. Um, Than a four-year master's level program. So, I believe it's important to know that because we are religious scientists, and we should honor science and the scientific method for both information and validation. So to be clear, I'm not saying that consciousness doesn't have an effect on water, but there's a difference between consciousness, deep consciousness, and just positive thoughts or slapping a label on a bottle bottle of water. When we're in deep consciousness, we're in unit unification with that wholeness, that infinite presence. It's not just a, quick, happy, little, positive thinking. Consciousness is cause at every level of being. We don't need to pass along information that has no foundation. So, letting that go, moving on past that, let's look at water as a teacher about life. Take a breath. Remembering that your breath is a significant percent water. To a Taoist, Water is the essence of Tao. In uh, verse forty-three of the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu says, "Water is fluid, soft, and yielding. But water will wear away rock, which is rigid and cannot yield." As a rule, whatever is fluid, soft, and yielding, will overcome whatever is rigid and hard. This is another paradox: what is soft is strong this is an invitation to yield to life to not be so solidly entrenched in you know my plans my way my rightness you know there's that old joke of make god laugh tell him your plans and so to not be entrenched in that because we can get rocky we can get solidified in that the dao jing also reminds us what that what is alive is flexible and what is dying or dead is rigid. And we want to be like water in the flow of life. Our year-long theme of approaching life with wonder and curiosity keeps us flexible mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. The Taoists also considered the low places where water gathered as the dwelling place of Tao, not the top of the mountains, but the the valleys. It is by absorbing water that vegetation lives, and thus water pervades all life. And the low places also symbolize humility, which is the state of being open to the flow and change of life, to where I'm not the most important thing on the planet. Life itself is, and we can play in that. We live in a constantly expanding universe, which means we, like everything else in the universe, are expanding, meaning nothing stays fixed or unchained changed, excuse me for very long. And our ego-based intellect wants to wants things to stay the same. you know it wants to seek the comfort of stability and predictability so it, it knows what's going on. You know, we talk about getting there when we're on the spiritual path. I want to arrive, you know. I love it when my GPS, you know, uh, says, you have arrived. I feel so good about that. But it's a fleeting moment, and then it's gone, you know. There's no permanent arrival in life. Sorry. There's no permanent where you get there and you're done and complete. There's a Zen saying that I use often that says, when you reach the top of the mountain, keep climbing. Because they're really, in reality, there is no top of the mountain. There is what looked like the top of the mountain when we were down lower, from a lower perspective. But as we climb, we gain further and realize and see more of the infinite nature of the universe and how much more we can embody and encompass and experience. When you reach the top of the mountain, keep climbing. Flowing requires letting go and opening. Howard Thurman, in his book, The Inward Journey, which is a fabulous book that I highly recommend, says In many ways, modern man lives his life as a bystander. Again and again, we are several steps removed from the primary experience of living. This adds up to a profound distrust of life itself. Life is seen as something to conquer to struggle with and against, life is seen as the enemy. It is not to be embraced, to be lived. Man must experience life. He must feel it run through his whole being, that life belongs to him and he to life. The experience of life, not in life, will teach a person not to fear life, but to love life the experience of life we're not just in life we are the we are life itself flowing living requires jumping into the water of life not standing timidly on the shore occasionally it dumps you into the water of life as it was about a year ago that i have my little canoe dumping experience uh, which was a wonderful challenge but it requires being in life I'm glad I'm still here talking about it, and not standing timidly on the shore or barely dipping a little toe in. We have to be engaged. We have to be fully in in this flow of life. You know, in last week's E! News, which I know you all read, I shared the story of a young girl who is engaged in total immersion in water. And if you didn't read that story, I invite you to go back to uh, your email, Wednesday, 3 o'clock. You'll find the E! News uh, came in and read that story. When we become immersed in life, we learn to love it, and we learn that it loves us. But it takes the willingness to be fully, deeply immersed, not just momentarily engaged. In the story, this young girl stood out in the water for an hour and a half, and she said she became the water. Let us become and realize we already are life. Ernest Holmes provides us with another lesson from the nature of water. He invites us to imagine that the entire universe is water, permeated by an infinite intelligence. And then to imagine that every time this intelligence moves or thinks, ice is formed in the water. Exactly corresponding to the thought. And the ice, of course, is the solid form of water, just as physical form is the solid form of thought. Ernest goes on to say that we might end up then with countless pieces of ice in different shapes, different colors, different sizes, but they would all still be water. If we heated the entire mass, all forms would melt and again become fluid, and nothing would have changed except the form. The physical universe is spirit in form. Ralph Waldo Emerson says there are no fixtures in nature. The universe is fluid and volatile. Permanence is but a word of degrees. Our globe is seen by God as a uh, seen by God as a transparent law, not a mass of facts. The law dissolves the fact and holds it fluid. Breathe that in for a moment. We tend to believe that things as they are have always been and will always be. That it's not going to change. And that can breed hopelessness for us if we want to have change. That can breed a feeling of stuckness and imprisonment. But everything is fluid. Everything is volatile. Everything is, is, as Emerson called it in a different essay, liquid law flowing in form. For those of you who saw the first movie of the Matrix series, there was a point where the main character came to seeing everything as the data stream, the flow of data. And this is what we really are. It's not what it looks like as the illusion of solid form, but liquid flow. A quantum physicist would tell you the same thing. This is just all energy in flow, looking solid, appearing solid, but it's really energy in flow. As time passes, we see that things are not fixed and not always the same. The universe isn't just expanding at a fixed rate. The universe is expanding at an expanding rate because that's the nature of change. As it expands and as it creates more, it creates more and more of that change. If you're trying to hang on and keep everything the same, or even trying to go back to a time that was, where everything was wonderful, supposedly, change will seem scary and you'll cling more tightly onto what is or what you think is, which is all slipping through our fingers because it's the water of life, it's the flow of life. If you're living in openness and wonder, change will be seen as exciting or at least an interesting adventure a river to to play in, a surf to ride. The difference, and the only difference, is our attitude toward it. Do I want to play with life, or do I want to be afraid of life? The difference is our openness to that flow of life. Do we view life as the enemy to be conquered? That's the rock position, and as the Taoist reminds us, The water that seems soft and weak will wear down the rock. Do we want to play? I invite us to play in the water. Little kids love to play in water, whether it's a puddle on a rainy day that want to go splashing in or whether it's sprinklers on a summer summer day. We, that kid within us, love to play in the water. I invite you, part of that, that living life as wonder, with wonder, is living as a child with that childlike playfulness this morning i was um shaving like i do on sunday mornings i don't always otherwise but i do on sunday mornings just to appear ministerial and i'm sitting there with my little shaving cream shaking it, and i just do the whole cocktail shaker thing and did the whole flip it in the air and catch it a thing and it's just like I'm so glad that at 71 years old, I still have this childlike playfulness within me. And I hope that we all, well, let me rephrase it. I know we all have that within us. And I invite us to engage in that within us, to be playful with life. So this week, three practices. First, become conscious of areas in which you can live, which can flow more fully. And approach these areas with wonder and curiosity. Notice areas where you might be getting a little solidified, a little rocky, and see if you can't start to let them flow. You know, the Taoists point out that one of the qualities of water is that it can fit into spaces that nothing else can. So that's our first practice: become conscious of areas where you might be becoming rocky and allow it to flow more fully. Secondly, be aware what the flow of thought is creating in and as your life. Your thoughts are flowing and they are creating. They are creating those little ice, uh, pieces of ice that we talked about. So just become aware. What ice am I creating? And then thirdly this week, be mindful of your caring for water. Be mindful of your use of water and your love for that. So that's our three practices. Become aware of where we can be more in the flow. Uh, become aware of what the flow is creating. Are we conscious of it or not? And then finally being a little more caring, a little more loving of water. Are we good with that for for practices this week? Great. I'm going to close with a story. And I have I think I read this story a year ago. Uh, and it comes out of Richard uh, Bach's book, Illusions, the... Um, Adventures of a Reluctant Messiah. Once there lived a village of creatures along the bottom of a great crystal river. The current of the river swept silently over them all, young and old, rich and poor, good and evil, the current going its own way, knowing only its own crystal self. I'm going to do a sideline here. We oftentimes think we have to please some Force some god, some universe, something. We don't have to. It's just flowing. It's just being itself. Whether we're, you know, as it says, good or evil, doing right or wrong. Just know that we live in that flow. Going back to the story, each creature in its own matter clung tightly to the twigs and rocks at the river bottom. For clinging was their way of life, and resisting the current, what each had learned from birth. But one creature said at last, I'm tired of clinging. Though I cannot see it with my eyes, I trust that the current knows where it is going. I shall let go and let it take me where it will. Clinging, I shall die of boredom. The other creatures laughed and said, fool, let go and that current you worship will throw you tumbled and smashed across the rocks and you shall die quicker than boredom. But the one hated them not, and taking a breath, did let go. And at once was tumbled and smashed by the current across the rocks. Yet in time, as the creature refused to cling again, the current lifted him free from the bottom, and he was bruised and hurt no more. And the creatures downstream, to whom he was a stranger, cried, See! A miracle! a creature like ourselves, yet he flies. See the Messiah come to save us all. And the one carried in the current said, I am no more Messiah than you. The river delights to lift us free if only we dare let go. Our true work is this voyage, this adventure. But they cried the more, Savior, all the while clinging to the rocks. And when they looked again, he was gone and they were left alone, making legends of a savior. I invite you this week to let go and to flow. I have an affirmation to share about that. So say this with me. I flow joyously with the water of life. And one more time, I flow joyously with the water of life. So let us settle in for a moment into that awareness and contemplating that spirit. That spirit that isn't loving, but is love itself. That isn't flowing, but is flow itself. That isn't intelligent but is intelligence itself. Abundantly expressing, abundantly being itself. That infinite presence is all that there is. Infinite good, infinite wholeness. And because it is all that there is, we are one of that. And just as the wave carries all the qualities of the ocean, from which it rises within it, we embody all of the qualities of the divine within us as we are individual expressions of that oneness. And so we ourselves are love, wholeness, goodness, abundantly, opulently expressing. And I speak my word that this week we open to being ever more Present and aware in the flow of and as the flow of life. That we allow ourselves to trust, to let go of the rigidity, to let go of the clinging, and trust that flow. And let ourselves be lifted to where we can flow in the adventure and the creation of life. We are spiritual beings having spiritual experiences in joyously in human form. And so we experience, we experience, and we experience. There is no right or wrong in that process. There is no right way to do it. There is our unique way to do it. And so we let ourselves, we let that life energy flow. And I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful for the yes that each of us says to that flow. I'm so grateful for the life that does flow through us for the infinite presence behind it all. And so I release this word in that sense of joy and that sense of gratitude into that law, that process, that flow of the infinite knowing that this word shows up in form because that is the nature of law, is to take that which is planted in it and manifest it. We simply say, yes, it is so, and so it is.